Welcome to the Animal Rescue League of Iowa's For Love of Animals podcast. Here are your hosts, Carol and Dan. Welcome to the For Love of Animals podcast. I'm Carol and I'm here with Dan. Welcome back for another week of animal fun. Hello. Yes. I had myself muted. Oh, I wondered. You kept saying hello, and I'm like, what's with the hello (laughs) over and over? Okay, gotcha. (laughs) How was your week? It was good. How was yours? It was good. It was really good. Yeah. It's finally starting to warm up a little bit. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. You know, it sounds just, I don't know, but when you have outside animals like chickens and horses, I sit there and just worry about them. I like know. with that cold, I would go out to feed my horses and their whiskers and the eye, even their eyelashes had like frost on them. Right. And it's just very, I'm sure they're fine, but it's very stressful. Yeah. It uh, it was brutal. It was really cold. Yeah. Um, speaking of horses, I'll have to find the article while we're doing this here. But um, my friend Marcy, I've talked about her before. She sent me this article where this lady brought her horses inside. Oh, my gosh. Because it was so cold. I don't blame her. I, <laughs> I know. I mean, I... I personally probably not going to be able to do that but i mean <laughs> right. you know i get it it's but yeah, i was like oh i bet that was nice yeah <laughs> i it's one of those moments where i mean they have stalls they can get into you know but right. it's still 20 below you know wind exactly chill. but um it's one of those moments where i'm just happy i have automatic waterers because the oh, thought yeah. of hauling water <laughs> through the snow you know mm-hmm. just is a really really horrifying yeah, that wouldn't be fun. And I found the article. It was a lady in Neobara, Nebraska. Oh, um, so cold. it was. Yeah, yeah, they were getting the same stuff we were, obviously. But uh, yeah, she she brought her horses, Does her two horses, normal, normal size horses or yep. minis. Rip, a three year old stallion, and Diamond, a nineteen year old mare. Oh my god! Uh, they were sheltering from the cold in their barn Friday night, and they were worse off the next morning because it was so cold. Yeah. Um, and she said, I only got this harebrained idea <laughs> on Thursday. Every time I'd walk by the window and look for them, elbows parked on the windowsill, forehead in my palms against the cold window, I would groan and beg for them to, to find some peace from the blizzard that yeah. was going on. And so she brought them inside her living room. There's a photo of her two horses standing in her in her living room. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, people got to do what people got to do to help and yeah. protect our animals. I'm sorry. It's just the way it is. Yeah. In fact, I was listening to another podcast. Uh, I don't know if you've ever listened to it, but Smartless with Jason Bateman, Sean Hayes. Oh, I've Will Arnett. heard of that. Yes. Okay. I've seen clips. All yeah. three of whom I really They're like. Hilarious. And I love Sean Hayes. He just cracks me up completely from Will and Grace. But they were giving him, Will and Jason were giving Sean grief because he left some party after like four hours because he has a thing where he doesn't want to leave his dog for more uh-huh. than four hours. And I'm driving and I'm sitting there nodding. Yes, I get it. I get it. I get it. Because, uh, you know, I don't want to leave mine for a long period of time either. Not because I think they're going to do anything, but what fun is it for them? Like, we've talked about Remy, my average setter. She right. has to be in a kennel when I'm gone still. Yes. And I'm not going to leave her for over four hours. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. So I leave places or I'll tell people, yeah, I can go, but I have to be home because right. I'm not going to leave Remy in a kennel, you know, for that long. Or... I actually have had my sister come over and I pay her like dog sitting fees to, to, to be there. Let them out. Yeah. yeah, And to hang with them, like yeah. watch TV and stuff. Cause I just don't want her in a kennel. And they were giving him so much grief about this that I was thinking to myself, I need to send him a message through that podcast Do. and say, we're all for you here in Iowa. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, I think it's a good excuse to leave places <laughs> like that. 
you know? <laughs> yeah, it's like, <laughs> like mm, oh, I got to go. I got Sorry. a dog. Uh, you don't. Right, but. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah, I just think it it should be normal. I mean, all of my friends, they are all animal people. They all have dogs. They get it. They do. Uh, but for some people that that don't have animals and yeah. don't know how that is, it's probably a little foreign to them. Like, well, yeah. your dog is fine. Right. And But... You know what? They're like your family, and you right. know. So, yeah, I gotta, I gotta send him a message. Yeah, Although you, maybe you need to make yourself a we'll note. find our podcast at some point. Sean Hayes from Will and Grace, right? And hear us <laughs> talking about how wonderful we think he is. Yeah, so. we need to put that in the description so that when people search Sean Hayes, and it comes up, and it comes up, we yeah. totally should absolutely <laughs> get. We talked about him. Sean Hayes today, right? And how much we like him because of his views on his dog. Right. So, right. Exactly. <laughs> and Jason and Will, a little bit of a disappointment to me, guys. Sorry. <laughs> been huge fans of yours for a long time. And I was like, oh, well, leave him alone. You know what? Another good thing is, is he's taking that responsibility himself. Yes. He could totally afford to pay someone to right. do that. But he's like, no, that's my dog. I'm going to go do that. Yeah, exactly. He wants to go do that and yeah. be with his dog. So, yeah. See, it's an excuse. I'm telling you. Yeah. It's like, oh, got to go. I'll remember that. Although if I knew you had a dog which i know you currently do not have a dog you right. have cats but if i knew you had a dog i would buy it but if you get, lay that on me now and i know you don't have a dog i'm gonna be like he just doesn't want to be here well now i'm gonna say it about my cat sorry i gotta go <laughs> take care of my cat and you know i'm gonna totally get it because i totally do get it so so um you know i think this is really timely with uh these cold temperatures in iowa literally been negative 20 or whatever mm-hmm. some with wind chills uh, but also around the country, and now it's going to start to warm up, and we really have to be careful about animals and people falling through the ice. Mm-hmm. And two stories. Uh, one was an Irish setter, a uh, dog rescued from freezing river after chasing deer and falling through ice. And um, it's so Irish setter-ish. Uh, my <laughs> Irish setter would totally be chasing something and not pay attention to yeah. what he's on. But uh, this guy, uh, Midland Fire Department in Midland, um, basically, uh, Michigan, uh, responded to a report of a dog that fell through the ice while chasing deer at a park, Emerson park firefighters. And how often do I talk about yeah, I know. the hero firefighters they always come to the rescue. arrived to find the dog in the middle of the river, struggling to stay above the water. So they tried several attempts to retrieve the dog by rope, but ultimately they had to send rescue swimmers in and they made their way out to the dog just as the dog was going underwater. Oh mm. my God. I would have just freaked right uh fire department reported uh they came back to shore received immediate medical uh treatment again got transported to an animal hospital um so the owner had called 9-11 to get him rescued versus going in which is you know we, you and i've talked about that i i don't know what i would do because you would have the reaction that you need to go save your dog right but just like yeah that knee-jerk reaction yeah for sure um but anyway they say that he was eating warm chicken and i had a warm lap to sit in and uh, once he was warm and well, he was sent home with his owner to continue recovering. So um, that one happened. Um, and then the second one that happened was recently a pet dog named Ruby um, in Michigan's Arbutus. I think that I got that right. Lake, which is a frozen Michigan lake. Um, and it was his pet dog, Ruby, that actually went to the rescue um, and saved her owner when he fell through the ice. So... Uh, a brown and white dog it looks like kind of a Britney Spaniel to me, but um, yeah. 
So basically the guy fell through the ice and the officer just couldn't necessarily reach him because of the ice conditions. Mm -hmm. So they got the dog to come to him and they gave the dog the disc. Oh, see, perfect. And then the owner could go back out to the owner and then Mm -hmm. gave the disc to the owner and they could pull them both in. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, smart. (sighs) It It was all on his, uh, captured on his body cam video. Oh, nice. The police officer. Yeah. That, I mean, that's scary. Uh, amazingly scary and what a great dog um i think that Jax would look at me and go huh <laughs> and, and i think remy would probably do it <laughs> <laughs> right i mean i just some dogs like it's uh-huh. in their head to like you know oh i gotta go do this you know right so they got the lassie gene the lassie gene yeah. that's a great way to put it yeah. so what do you what do you Say though, I always forget unencumbered by, by critical thought. Critical thought, yes. 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 Now, everyone who owns a Bernice Mountain dog, do not call me, do not tweet, <laughs> do not send me messages because I love and adore my Bernice Mountain dog, Jax, more than life itself. Right. As everyone who knows me knows, this right. dog is like uh, everything to me. I've waited 30 years for that dog to come into the Animal Rescue League so I could adopt one. Uh-huh. And, uh, but he's not. He's just not encumbered <laughs> by critical thought. He is just a happy, happy dog all the time he just doesn't like that's not serious thought for him yeah so, i mean some dogs are like that right right and Jax is one and he doesn't need to be because i'll just be doing the critical thinking for us to keep him safe exactly right now my irish setter constantly thinking oh yeah one step ahead right Ugh, it's exhausting when your dog is smarter than you <laughs> i just i'm like she has a uh toy opossum and it's one of those that has no stuffing oh sure and she loves this thing. She's had it since I got her a year and a half ago. Okay. She loves this. She, and she must, I'm not kidding. She probably has a hundred stuffed toys. She loves them. She carries them around the whole deal. Mm-hmm. But this opossum is kind of like her go-to. So the other day she took it out when it was super cold and she must've left it out there. Uh-oh. And she came in and all night she'd like go to the door. And I was like, you can't have to go out. <laughs> Finally, she figured out where it was. She ran out, dug a little bit under the snow, grabbed her possum, and came in, and she was fine the rest of the night. See, she knew. Yes, she knew. She knew. So smart. My dog would just be like, you're going to go get it for me, right? (laughs) And you would. Uh, Yeah, I totally would. (laughs) I totally would. (laughs) Uh, So So yeah, be careful. Be careful. Be careful with your dogs. Yeah, and I'm sure this Irish setter... I mean, nobody has the intention of letting their dog run on right. the ice to fall through, right? But <clears throat> what happened? They saw deer. They started chasing deer. Yep. So just keep your dogs leashed Yeah. when you're around water like that. Especially just with, I mean, they were just talking about something I heard today with these warming temperatures. Everybody needs to be careful because it may look really frozen, but right. maybe there's a spot that's melting. Right. So yeah, you never know, especially with the currents and... Yeah. Everything else, it's it's not worth it. No. Just keep them off of it if you can. Right. So I looked at my garage camera, and I, I brought it in. I showed you. <laughs> Here's my garage. Here's my garage camera. That's not my cat. <laughs> so those of you that have been listening to the podcast, uh, I have a – I hate to say – community cat because i take care of this cat yeah i mean and i've named the cat named daisy and of course i got her spade and but she she's feral like she i mean she meows at me and talks to me but she does not want me to pet her and she doesn't want to be trapped but right I went into a long story a couple weeks or a few weeks back where we got the garage, which is heated. Mm -hmm. 
has an attic above it that has a furnace. It's all heated, put in a cat door, been feeding her out of there. She's in there the whole day. Everything's going well. Look at the camera, and I'm like, hmm, <laughs> not Daisy. Nope, <laughs> that's not my cat. Like, so, totally different color. Totally different color. This guy's a big orange guy. Uh-huh. So named him, uh, well... <laughs> Duke, you know, Daisy Dukes, oh, you know, like from it. the whole, uh, what was it? Dukes of Hazard. Dukes of Hazard. Yes. Uh, but I'm now going to have to get him neutered and figure mm-hmm. this whole thing out because I don't think Daisy comes down from her perch to eat because she doesn't know what this thing is and I can't have that oh, going on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. So now it's Daisy's apartment. It's Daisy's apartment. So I think Duke's <laughs> going to have to be relocated to the barn where I think he originally was. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to have to yeah, figure that out. He's a man. Send him outside. Right. Exactly. Go out to the barn. <laughs> right. Duke. He should be, you know. Go to the doghouse. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, yes. Well, that's exciting. You'll have to keep us updated. I will. Yeah. It is exciting if it, you know, I'm very stressed out about it. I got very little sleep last night over mm-hmm. it because I just sat there. Like, I worry about him. I don't want him to be cold and he's eating like you just can't believe. Right. But I don't want Daisy to be afraid or like not get her food or run out. So it's very stressful. I, I've decided in life <laughs> that, you know, like all the years of like studying TNR and community cats and all the work Mm -hmm. uh, and standing up that program through the animal rescue league for the city of Des Moines and the ordinance. And like, I was, and numerous people call me about cats and cat behavior. And I'd be like, Oh, it's just this, you do this. And like, then (laughs) stuff comes back to you and you realize it's a little more difficult than you've been. Right. Cause it's actually happening to you. It's happening to me. Yeah. So I've learned a lot through this process with Daisy as well. And now I'm going to, I think, going to phase two here with duke Mm -hmm. yeah time to uh stick it to him yeah (laughs) it's just he's got to i'm happy to have him stay i wouldn't even mind if daisy had a friend but i don't you know i need him to coexist exactly happily right like otherwise he's gonna have to be in the barn and she's gonna have to be in her apartment right yeah i suppose if they would probably like naturally do that if they didn't want to be around each other, right? As long as assume. they were getting fed and whatever yeah. in each location. I mean, there's colonies of community cats that all live together and That's sleep true. in the same places. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, I think the thing is, is that she's had her own space mm-hmm. and now we've got this, you know, mm-hmm. other cat. And as long as he's not, you know, I mean, I probably, she's spayed, but I still think I need to get him, make sure he's neutered. And Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, go from there. So. Yeah. Well, new adventure. Luck. I know it. So we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to have our special guest who's in the studio with us yeah. to talk about Humane Action Network and all sorts of legislation. So uh hope you come back with us. We'll be back in just a minute. Do you live on an acreage or a farm? Then we have just the cats for you. The ARL's Camp Per program places feral and semi-feral cats into homes where they can continue to live outdoors. These cats have spent their entire lives outside of a home environment and can be successfully adopted as barn cats, shop cats, and are great mousers. Camp Per cats have been spayed or neutered, microchipped, vaccinated, and are ready to adopt. If you can give any of these cats a home, you can get more details at arl-iowa.org slash campper. That's arl-iowa.org slash campper. Welcome back to the For Love of Animals podcast. I'm Carol and I'm here with Dan. Hello. And before the break, we talked about how we've got a special guest in our studio with us today. We do. Mr. Bernie Lettington is here. Hello. Hello. 
if uh, you've listened to the podcast at all, we always refer to Bernie. He runs the ARL for Love of Animals Facebook page. He posts everything. We love that he does that for us. Uh, but another very important thing that you do is the Humane Action Network. And so how did you, well, first of all, what is Humane Action Network? Yeah, the Humane Action Network is, it's kind of a, I guess you could call it a grassroots lobbying program for the Animal Rescue League. And it's a way that we try to make it easy, as easy as possible for people who are interested in helping uh, advocate for better animal welfare related laws, either at the state or local level and we do some federal um kind of advocacy work as well so and so we kind of track follow legislation in the various um government bodies like that and uh track the ones that are animal welfare related and and uh try to keep people just generally informed if Mm -hmm. they want to follow along and then in certain cases where there's particular bills or votes upcoming um, we can kind of notify everybody to contact their legislator or a congressperson or something like that to uh, let them know that this issue is important to you and mm-hmm. that you have uh, have a position you'd like them to take or want them to know some information about the about the issue. Mm-hmm. So, how did you get involved in in this? Because I know Carol made the joke earlier <laughs> that just like laws and legislation it's just like not her thing so is that your thing well i mean i love animal welfare laws <laughs> right yeah, right but not like all the reading politics. the bills right. and the, yeah, yeah the politics yeah, you gotta it. really yeah. love that stuff so yeah what well, <laughs> <laughs> what's wrong with you <laughs> I'll, I'll, cop, I'll cop to being a little bit nerdy that way yes um it's always I've always been. I didn't sleep through government class in school. Let's okay, put it that way. Right? Okay, and um, so it's it's interesting. And uh, the immediate thing that kind of got me involved with it was when I was getting involved volunteering with the ARL and and things like that. It was not too long before we were doing a lot of work on what generally became known as the puppy mill bill. Sure. So this was back in 2010 mm-hmm. when that bill passed. And so there was a lobby day at the state capitol that I attended and did some other things uh, along those lines and kind of got started doing research on issues and things like that just to try to help out, you know, find a place on the rope to pull. Right. And um, so it was, to me, it was kind of eye-opening to realize how accessible your state legislators really are Mm because people think of you know politicians and congress people and stuff like that being you know up on this lofty hill and they're not approachable and stuff like that but at least in the iowa legislature and certainly in city councils and things like that that's just not true they're they're they live in your community and right even when the legislature's in session like it is now the legislators are back in their districts their hometowns every weekend Mm -hmm. um so they're pretty easy to um talk to and they want to hear from their constituents so it's it's a way to have an impact and get make a make an impact on issues that are important to you beats sitting around complaining and not doing anything yeah so true i uh so true i always thought it was interesting early on with you that you would talk about going to 
like town halls on Saturday mornings, you'd get up and go meet with your legislator. And so they knew you. I mean, they got to know you. And then when you called or you'd email them, they would respond. They knew you were a constituent. Yeah, I had I had an experience with the puff, with uh, yeah with the puppy mill bill, um, where my state legislator um, uh, got to know me well enough that that was my issue, you know. <laughs> yeah. And she was having a town hall thing one weekend, and and I it was a room full of people. And what always happens in these town halls is there's always like two or three issues that. 80% of the people there are concerned about, and it's never animal welfare. So, okay? It's, it's, I mean, they're all important issues, and they're important to me too, but, you know, um, but things like education and taxes and, you know, whatever, the stuff you'd expect. Um, so I just sat there in, like, the second row or whatever, you know, and I didn't say anything, to, you know, because I figured I would talk to her after you know, the event was over. I get there early and you can talk to them before it gets going and you stay late and they'll talk to you and stuff like that. Um, uh, but so she was getting to the end of this hour or however long it was. And she kind of looked at me and she says, well, Bernie, you've been sitting there quietly this whole time. And I know you want to talk about puppy mills. So, <laughs> so I, I didn't have to do anything, but just be in the room that time. You yeah. know? And yeah, so that's important, though, because you're right. I think, uh, you know, when I was much younger, um, the thought of talking to a lawmaker in whatever capacity they are, that you couldn't just go up to them, like you said, or mm -hmm. <clears throat> they won't respond because they get thousands of emails every day. Well, they have staff that goes through that stuff, too, right? So they're... They're reading, they're getting that information one way or another. Yeah, you say they have staff, but like the state legislature anyway, they have a clerk. A clerk for everybody? Well, each each one of them has okay, one. Okay, got it, got but, it. But like if you've seen pictures of the House or Senate chamber at the state capitol, mm -hmm. you know, there's kind of a semicircle of desks and stuff like that. Well, yeah. if you look close next to, I mean, that desk is the senator's office. They don't have a separate office. They have oh, a desk okay. on the floor of the Senate. And if you look close, there's like a little filing cabinet <laughs> size kind of thing next to their desk, and there's a little chair <laughs> behind that filing cabinet. That's where their clerk sits. The milking stool. So basically, <laughs> so that's the whole deal. You know, they okay. have a laptop and a phone and a desk and a chair and a clerk and... That's how they get it done, you know. Yeah, I've gone to um, some of the lobbying days. That's coming up, right? We, you know, COVID kind of did a number on lobby days yeah. for a lot of organizations. And um, so we haven't started back up with in-person lobby days. Okay. Um, first of all, logistically, they're just kind of, they're tough. Yeah, to it's a off. nightmare, yeah. Getting space in the Capitol Rotunda is almost impossible, mm -hmm. you know. And it kind of, in a way, cuts against the one of the points that I try to make with everybody, and that's that you don't need to come to the Capitol to develop a relationship with your legislator. Yeah, that's so true. They're back in their district every weekend. Grab them then. Mm -hmm. You know, get a hold of them and say, like, hey, could we have coffee sometime? Mm -hmm. I want to talk to you about this. And the legislature session runs from January to April, May, or mm -hmm. whatever. Um, and the rest of the year, they've got day jobs back in their district, and so they're back in their, they're back where you live too right. most of the time. So those are the times to reach out to them when they're not super super busy with right. the legislative session, 
get to know them and let them know what's important to you. And, you know, then you get, it's pretty easy to get to the point where all you have to do is like be in the room. And they, <laughs> they're kind of like, yeah, noted, you know? <laughs> you know, I always, when I worked with legislation, I always thought there were a couple interesting points which I've totally found to be true over the time, which is one, just reach out to your legislators. Mm-hmm. Don't start yes. emailing and calling every single legislature. Or people in other states. Right. Yeah. Focus on the ones that represent you. I mm-hmm. mean, yep. and always be polite and professional, even if they disagree with you, you know? And, yeah. and getting started to build that relationship can be one of the biggest barriers. I mean, it's pretty easy, but it's tough at the same time. And... It, even if you just introduce yourself, and especially if you if they've taken some vote that you appreciated, you know that you agreed with or whatever, it doesn't even really matter that much what it is. It's always easier to say thank you for something than it is to say, "Hey, I didn't like when you did X," or "I want you to do Y." Thanks, thanks for doing Z. You know, yeah, right. that's a good and, point. And then <clears throat> you've initiated that relationship and then it's downhill from there so then it's easy if you've said thanks a couple times for things that generally you're thankful for you know then it's way easier to ask them for something down the road you know that's so true you know i did find out working legislation for years that it is the power of the people to some degree i mean how many grassroots things we worked on where it was like getting the word out even through Humane Action Network, prior to Humane Action Network, getting word out, please call your legislators and tell them this. And mm-hmm. this is why we believe this. And da, da, da. And I was shocked one time when somebody told me if they get five calls on something, that's a lot to them. Like people just don't call. So, you know, get involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that's changed over the years and it's more people getting involved now. But no, I, I think that's true. And, and you, you talk about how they first of all want to hear from their constituents and uh, a lot of them aren't going to be shy about saying are are you are you a, one of my constituents you know <laughs> right i mean if not i don't want to hear it well <laughs> it's not that they don't want to hear it but it's they right, they've right. got to they've got to manage their time and exactly. budget their time and stuff like that too and we if you sign up for the humane action network through the ARL's website it asks you for your name and and uh, home address. We don't do anything with that address beyond for the Humane Action Network mm-hmm. um, stuff. But the reason that's important and the reason we ask for it is because the software we use to reach out to people with action alerts about, hey, you know, this bill's coming up. We need you to contact your legislator. Is that by knowing your home address, we can match you up with your legislator. And tell you who your legislator is mm-hmm. when you sign up, because um, a lot of people don't know, and that's fine. Um, and uh, but then it will it lets us if there's only a handful of legislators that are really key for some bill or a vote or something, we can target just their constituents. Um, and if you do respond, we give you some. Typically, we'll give you some uh, draft or a example email and we ask you to kind of personalize it some but you know I recognize a lot of people don't just kind of hit send you know right <laughs> um, but at least it will ensure that you're sending the email to your legislator yeah and so and they know that they're that you're their constituent so they'll they'll note it 
And that's, to your point, that's a lot better than getting a thousand emails from out of state. They're just going to, like, I don't care. You know? I don't represent you. You're right. in another state. Right. So, yeah. And, yeah. And, and that's occasionally frustrating for people that don't realize that because you, you don't have to live in Iowa to sign up for the Humane Action Network and you get the updates on news and things like that. But, um, but if somebody from Minnesota, say, tries to respond to one of these action alerts, um, that they see on the website or something like that, it'll tell them that, like, well, you don't live in Iowa, so thanks. But <laughs> And, by the way, we don't sell those names and addresses at all. So nope. I had somebody no. say to me the other day, well, I don't want to end up on a mail list that you give out to legislators. and da-da. We don't. Nope. Uh, we send no. it direct to the FBI. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we just don't share that information, so that's just for us. We don't even – it those that information doesn't even actually go to our fundraising department here right. at the, it at, just at the league. It's it just separate. stays right there, and yep. so you won't get harangued with – um, fun fundraising requests from Casey and her team. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not sure I like the word harangued, but yes, I, I get it. But well, I, I already I already get them, and most people probably already get them through other involvement with the right with the league and stuff. But exactly, if, if you for whatever reason, if that if you don't if you don't want that, you're not going to get it by right, signing up. Exactly, yeah, and to your point, it's very very easy to sign up for the Humane Action Network. If you go to the ARL's website, arl-iowa.org, click on Community, and then click on Humane Action Network, there's a little spot over to the right of the page where you enter your zip code, then it will ask your street address, you hit Submit, and to Bernie's point, it literally tells you who all of your elected officials are at the federal level, the state level, and the local. So it even goes down to the city council level, which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, people should not be embarrassed if they do not know. I mean, no. I, I had many people when we did lobby days at the Capitol be like, I'm so embarrassed. I don't know who it is. You know what? No judgment. We're just going to get you that information. And Right. Exactly. Well, plus it changes every few years. Anyway. Exactly. Right. Well, I mean, with elections and whatnot, but then even redistricting happens every 10 years mm-hmm. or so. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, got to get that gerrymandering. Person, in, that right? was, person that was your senator, your state senator last year may not be this year, even though. He or she's still in the state senate, right? Yeah, yeah. But it could be your neighbors across the street or whatever, well, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it's very easy. You literally put check mark check marks next to the people that you want to compose the message to, and then click compose message, and that's all you have to do. And it Super literally easy. sends it to them. Yeah. Super easy, and you don't have to do every issue that we send through. You can pick and exactly. choose. And I know some people are really into the farm animals and some people are into dogs and cats mm-hmm. and whatever. So you don't, and you don't have to do every issue. You can, it's right. also you a can great just be way informed. to stay up to speed. Right. Yeah. On some of the bills going on. I know every Monday about you send out a newsletter then too, to the Humane Action Network, which tells what legislation is happening. Yeah. It's, it's weekly, especially during the state legislature session. Cause it moves kind of fast. Some sometimes it doesn't seem like it. Sometimes it seems like it <laughs> moves it very slowly. But then, but it really, really does move pretty quick. Um, and yeah, so we do a mon- we call it a Monday Monday briefing, and it's just kind of a some summary of bills that are in the legislature that are we think are would be of interest to people who care about animals and animal welfare stuff, and it's. There are plenty of them out there on different topics and general interest kinds of things like that, but 
but this one is focused on animal welfare kind of issues. So, and right now on the Humane Action Network website um, page on the Arrow website, there's a list of three, six, nine different. Those are all federal bills. Federal right bills. Now. Ah, okay. Yeah, and they're they're different. The federal process, you know. Yeah. Um, Schoolhouse Rock and all that. Yes. You know. Yes. That. I'm dating myself there a little bit, I guess. <laughs> no, anyway. I, I remember Schoolhouse Rock, Bernie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, uh, so the state legislature goes pretty quick. It's January through April. Mm-hmm. Um, so things tend to move a little more quickly. In the At the federal level, bills get introduced, and they'll have a period of months mm-hmm. where they're just gathering co-sponsors. Um, so a, a lot of the bills that are on the website right now at the federal level, they're all just asking people to contact their congressperson or senator and ask them to co-sponsor the bill, mm-hmm. whatever um, whatever the, the bill is. And there's ones in there about, um, well, there's Goldie's Act is probably the one that people have heard about the most. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and that's related to inspections and oversight of um federally licensed uh, commercial dog breeders that are inspected by the USDA and and things like that. Um, But Goldie, the dog that the bill is named for, was a a dog in a puppy mill here in Iowa a few years ago um, that sadly didn't survive. But um, so she's kind of the example, you know, to put a face, so to speak, Mm -hmm. on the issue. Um, And and there are other bills in there about like housing for, you know, pet-friendly housing for for families and and yeah there's probably six or seven that are up there right now yeah just to give people an idea so this brings up a good point you don't have to live in iowa these are all federal bills so these are all things that people no matter where you live could contact their local right not right not through the humane action network we're right we're limited to iowa yes people but they certainly could reach out to their congressperson on their own yeah you know if, if they do live out of state and find out about it through us right that's great yeah so just to give people an example there's information out here on supporting the fight to um and animal fighting makes sense right uh the one that bernie had mentioned support access to public housing for families with pets which is a huge thing um i know animals come into the shelter probably daily because people have a limited housing and uh, choice and they can't take their pets with them, which is not fair. Uh, then the Goldies Act, uh, which you mentioned, um, the transportation of horses in double deck trailers because it's inhumane. Uh, they don't have sufficient headroom. Uh, they can't stand upright, etc. Um, ending the practice of inflicting pain to achieve exaggerated exaggerated gait and show horses. Um, which I don't think a lot of people know about that. So that's interesting that that's there. Yeah, there's those, what are they called, Carol? Tennessee, Tennessee walking. Tennessee walkers. Yeah, Walk, yeah Tennessee Soaring. walkers. Yep. Yeah, and they have this really kind of exaggerated, prancing kind of gait that's desirable mm-hmm. in the show world. Um, but they don't naturally walk that way. So yeah, I've never they, seen a horse do that out in a pasture. So there's all sorts of m- means to 
cause them to do that or train them to do that yeah. generally involves unpleasantness for, right. the, for the horse. Some sort of pain and yeah. suffering. Imagine if we're humans had that happen to us, so we just get our feet up different. So right. don't get me started, Dan. I know. <laughs> uh, the other ones listed here support uh, co-sheltering for unhoused people with pets. So again, this is important too. There, I know even here in Des Moines, when I was doing animal services, we would interact with uh, homeless people all the time that had pets. And, some, and sometimes that's literally all they have is that pet and they love that pet. And I would always joke with people because they were like, oh, homeless people shouldn't have pets. And I'm like, you know what? They take better care of their dog than you do. And you <laughs> live in a $500,000 house. So I don't want to hear it. So we should support them. Right. Um, and then a horse slaughter bill is on here. Uh, the supporting the Puppy Protection Act to improve the standard of care in puppy mills. So that kind of goes hand in hand with Goldie, uh, the Goldie Law. And then the support to Greyhound Protection Act to end Greyhound racing, which is, I think, should have been done a long time ago. Um, but those are all very important things that are at the federal level that we could help push along. Yeah, and, and those all have links to where you can send an email to your congressperson or yes and and in some cases they are already co-sponsors of the bill in which case if you if you send them the contact them through the humane action network Mm -hmm. on on that issue really what you're doing is sending them a thank you yeah Um, like you know we talked about before Mm -hmm. that's important and that's easy and fun you know (laughs) right so, Dan, tell us one more time how you sign up for Humane Action Network. So, you go to arl-iowa.org, click on Community, and then there's a link on the left-hand side that will pop up for Humane Action Network, and you enter your address and zip code. That's all you do. And if you want alerts, then you can sign up for the the email notification, too, that Bernie was uh, mentioning. You just enter your email and your, your address. Yep, and if you have questions when you get those, you can email back through our website and those will go to Bernie and he will get back to you as well with regard to questions. So thank you so much for all your work, Bernie, and everything you do for animal welfare in Iowa and, and on a federal level. Yeah. And for, uh, posting all the things we talk about all, uh, quintillion species is that what the number yeah, was 20 quintillion or something i don't know it just we started getting deeper and deeper and it was like okay we're leaving that for bernie just so. more and more zeros anyway. started showing up All right so okay we're gonna take a break when we come back we're gonna be talking about you've got a newly discovered species for i do us, so we're and it's be, an ugly one it's an ugly one aren't they all uh we'll talk about that some upcoming ARL events we have had some behavior questions submitted so lots more coming up so we'll be back in a minute Are you looking for a pet to add to your family? The Animal Rescue League of Iowa has dogs, cats, rabbits, horses, chickens, and so much more to choose from. From eight weeks old to seniors, we have all ages, shapes, appearances, and sizes. Best of all, your adopted pet will already be spayed or neutered, microchipped, and vaccinated by our licensed veterinarians. And our experienced behavior staff will have identified the pet's personality so you can find your ideal match. Visit arl-iowa.org to view our adoptable pets and visit often because selection changes daily. Your support is urgently needed to ensure the pets in our care all receive a nutritious meal. Instead of buying a bag of food and bringing it to the shelter, please donate to our Full Bellies Food Fund. Our partnership with the Hills Food Shelter and Love Program allows your donation to be made even more impactful. For example, just $1 a day will feed one cat and one dog for a month. 
Visit arl-iowa.org food to make an impact. That's arl-iowa.org food. Welcome back to the For Love of Animals podcast. I'm Carol, and I'm here with Dan. And we have been waiting bated breath to hear what the newly discovered species is. Is this a newly discovered species or one brought back from extinction? This or, is newly. Okay. So newly we got a discovered. New one. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, a lot of the times I'm like, oh, it's cute. Oh, it's cute. You even know, the even, spiders. Yeah, even the spiders, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, like in its own way. This one is ugly. Mm. It's real ugly. It is. I I pulled it up. It's I don't even know what that is. <laughs> anyway. So <laughs> I'm probably going to say this incorrectly, but to my defense, this is a brand new word that they've like used to explain the species. Like you can't even go on Google and be like, how do you say this? And it will tell you so with every other word. Yeah. Here. So. Here we go. I'm going to tell everybody how to say it, is what I'm getting at. <laughs> there we go. It'll be in the dictionary next printing right. with Dan's pronunciation. And this word is ugly. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, the The true species name of this is Capropodoceras. Capropodoceras. That, that's, that's pretty close or on target. And then Kamatachi. So that's a Japanese word. You know that, right? <laughs> So this is a 5.4 millimeter long amphipod crustacean, which is a relative to the more familiar sandhopper. Uh, it boasts a pair of enormous clawed appendages that look like they're built for opening tins. But remember, it's only 5.4 millimeters long. Uh, these are nathopods used by amphipods to manipulate their food. And then uh, males also use them to grasp for mates, which is chilling um <laughs> it says here it was collected from the seabed at a depth of about 850 meters off the coast of japan uh the miyagi prefecture and it says it's sufficiently uh different to have been assigned a new genus which is that word that i said i'm not going to say it again um so they're aware of these animals i guess but this one has totally different characteristics than what they've previously found. Therefore, it's a new species. And the name uh, Kamatachi derives from a mythical Japanese ghost that looks like a weasel brandishing a sickle. So that's how it got its name. And that's why it's very ugly. I repeatedly ask you, I, I say to you, <laughs> I never ask you for anything. I repeatedly <laughs> ask you for something cute and fuzzy. <laughs> never do I get it. Never. Well, I could have done a bat, but I was like, no, I'm going to do this ugly thing. I love bats. I know, me too. Mm. But that's a new species. Okay. Well, they all count, right? They, you're right. They they absolutely do. And I'm sure something eats them to sustain their life. Well, I was just going to ask, something do we cute, know what probably. their purpose is? No. Okay. Well, I didn't know if like in when they go, oh, it's newly discovered and here's why it's ugly, but we care. Oh, yeah. Like what's it? What's right. its purpose? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. Unless it's like opening trash tin cans at the bottom of the ocean or something <laughs> with its big claws. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. It's the garbage collector. It's the garbage collector. <laughs> something. Um, well, you're right. They're all, they all count. We say that on that. Uh, that's what For Love of Animals is about. Right. They all count. And now that they know it's there, maybe we will find out yeah. more about them. Yeah. That's right. they may not have a clue. Yeah. Well, we'll let you track that. And if you, if you. No, I'm never looking these things up again. 
<laughs> yeah, they're uh, they're special. Yeah, I'll probably Somebody... have dreams about them tonight. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody will like it. But these uh, the um, paper uh, from the scientists was just published in August, so hmm. fairly fairly new. That is new. So on to something else. It's yes. not hideously ugly and scary <laughs> and frightening warm and fuzzy <laughs> and horrifying uh is upcoming arrow events yeah we have a lot yes. um coming up one of my favorite ones uh you guys started this one years ago and it's called spaghetti and no balls yes dinner <laughs> i just signed up for that today <laughs> so it's obviously a spaghetti dinner, yes, uh, and it's a play on the whole meatball thing and then spay and neuter, right? So, this is um, I can't find my uh, calendar of events here. It is right here. It's in February. Yep, I know the that. The twenty fifth. There you go. The twenty fifth and twenty seventh. There's actually two of them. So the one on the twenty fifth is at Opa Italian and Greek Restaurant, twenty eight hundred University Avenue in West Des Moines, and then there's another one two days later also. It is also at OPA. So they're both at OPA. And a huge thank you to OPA. And if you have not been there for dinner, please come to this. And then please frequent them and tell them thank you for doing this for us. Yeah, because, for sponsoring it. Yes, absolutely. Big fundraiser for the Animal Rescue League. But um, very fun. I went last year and it was just, it was packed. Mm -hmm. So be sure and get signed up and get your reservation. Now it's $20 per person. Yeah, but $12 of that, which is very generous, it I is. think. Yes. Uh, so $12 from each, each reservation and a dollar from every alcoholic beverage will be donated back to the ARL for uh, funding programs for spaying and neutering. Yeah. Which is awesome. Which is very awesome. And they have great food. Last year, it was great. And I'm a quarter Italian, so I get to say that. There so, you go. Yes. You would know, right? I would know. So, yeah, complete dinner um, of spaghetti marinara. Obviously, you get a fresh side salad, baked bread. Um, if you want balls on your <laughs> spaghetti, you can certainly add them. <laughs> Uh, they also, you'll also have a choice of other sides and, and desserts. Yes. So that's fun. And they'll be selling the spaghetti uh, t-shirts, uh, which you can also pre-register if you, if you would like. Yeah. Um, but yeah, go check it out. It's fun. And I, in my opinion, uh, spay neuter is where a lot of places should be focusing, um, their effort. So things like this to, uh, put money in a fund specific for that um it goes a long way it does and you know spay neuter spay neuter spay neuter we're gonna get there if we right do serious attention to that right stop all this unwanted litters and uh get focused so yeah i agree um also of course february 22nd so just a few days before our spaghetti mm -hmm. dinner is our raise your paw basket party and that is at the animal rescue league um and our, at our main location 5452 northeast 22nd street in our auditorium we're gonna have you know free pizza and snacks free beverage you can register to win free tickets but the gist of this is get together with some friends come up with a basket theme idea which we were just doing earlier which we will keep secret because we want to like surprise everybody <laughs> um but come up with a theme and we have ideas of that even on our on our website, um, but be sure and come up with a theme, get your friends, you all do different pieces of it, and then come to the basket party 
and with your friends and we'll provide baskets and that kind of stuff. But, and you can bring your own basket if you want. Sure. Um, and then you put your basket together and all those baskets created will be donated then to the Raise Your Paw auction, which is April 20th at the Meadows at Prairie Meadows. And then those are used for the individuals that don't know are in the silent auction and some of them even in the live auction, yeah. depending on what they are, right? Absolutely. So, and we don't really make determinations on that. So we kind of get all the items in, right. figure out what goes with what. But if, let's say you can't make it, you know, you can't make it, but you definitely want to do a basket. And the neat thing about this is you can make it donated by, and all of our people are recognized. So you can yeah. make it by, you know, Carol and Dan, right. you know, or you can say a friend of the animal mm-hmm. animals. You can do it on behalf of one of your pets or a friend or in memory yeah, of anonymous. or something anonymous. Um, if you have a business you want to advertise, you certainly can do that as long as it's not offensive or contrary to animals. <laughs> um, but like, you know, if you just can't get there or you want to do it, maybe you live out of the, out of town. Maybe you just, don't have time to put this together. We've got some listed on the website, www.arl-iowa.org, and you can send in money, and we'll actually do the shopping for you. Yeah, you just, here's 100 bucks. Go yep. do a basket. Okay, great. Absolutely. We'll figure it out for you. That's right. And there's some ideas on there, and it kind of gives you an idea of the you know cost to put t- that basket together. But let's say you've got an idea, and it's not on the list. We're open to creativity. Oh, yeah, for sure. These are a lot of fun. There's no wrong answer. Yeah. And, you know, we say this all the time, but it does not have to be animal-oriented. No, right. It could be um, car washes or car details, massages, facials, makeup application, skydiving. They've done that before. Yeah. So it could be anything anything you want. Yeah. One year, uh, last year, they did a bunch of gift cards and put in yeah. a gift card tree. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and these can be range in price. So, you know, if you get together with one friend, it maybe is, you know, you want to put in this much money, great. You may get with a bunch of friends. You guys all want to put in a bunch. It's this. We're open. Yeah, it doesn't. It's yeah, very it doesn't fun. Matter. Yeah, it's I'm a good time. Amazed by the creativity that goes into these I know. baskets. Yeah. I know. It, yeah, some people are. Way more creative than I ever would be. Well, I was just sitting there thinking about what we were just talking, the ones we're going to do. And I'm like, okay, those are like totally creative. Then I get on the website and I'm talking about it and I'm reading, oh my gosh, what a great idea. Like, you know, (laughs) so great ideas. Uh, But it's it's also just a lot of fun. Everybody's in there putting their baskets together. Right. It's a lot of fun just to come to the event. and Yeah. yeah. And you get to meet people too. Yeah. Or see people that you haven't seen since. The one from the year prior. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, if you're in the area, come check it out. Please check it out. And again, if you're out of the area, you certainly can also contribute and do a basket as well. And we do have people actually drop them off prior to the basket auction, uh, basket party, because they can't make it. They'll actually bring them early. We're totally good to do that as well. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then the other thing that I wanted to mention is uh, gourmet apples, because we've talked about these ad nauseum. If you have ordered your apples you can now pick them up starting today through february 14th at arl maine during normal business hours uh that address is 5452 northeast 22nd street yes in des moines uh just south of ankeny so if you've ordered them you can come pick them up anytime now they're delicious yeah they're very good if you only ordered one you're gonna wish you ordered two i know i did uh yeah what did you do i did two oh no uh, Do you so think I you have, did more than two? Well, no, I forgot that I did two. Oh, okay. Uh, but when I say two, I mean two 
uh, six. So I have 12, 12 <laughs> apples to give away. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> that's a, I'll find someone to give them to. That's but that's the fun part is like you can, like if you have a doctor appointment or whatever, just take one, give it to your doctor. Well, personally, I think that's a heck of a basket for the Raise Your Paw auction if they make it till April. Oh, no, they're not. No, no, they're not going to make it till April. Because <laughs> you're going to eat them? No, I'm going to give them away. <laughs> so I don't eat them. <laughs> <laughs> I always keep one for myself uh, and then I give give all the other ones away. That's, so that's yummy. Yeah, I need to need to go pick them up. Right, exactly. So uh anyway, you can always find our upcoming events on our website, www.arl-iowa.org. And I always like to do a reminder if you're listening to this podcast and you don't live in Des Moines or in Iowa, please look and join us for an event or get involved yes, with us. And if something. not us, your local animal shelters, everybody, we can always use support. Yeah. All the shelters out there. It's the village. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so Dan, uh, we had a couple questions submitted this week also. So, um, and there's ways you can submit questions for Dan and I, yes. you can either call us at 515-461-5079. You can text that number too. And you can text that message, yeah. that number that goes to Dan, he'll get back to you unless it's hate filled or hating we just well, then i delete. might get back to you, you too might, you, you might i'm gonna hit delete but you might yeah we don't do hate we, this is called for love of animals here so uh we're about kindness but you can also email us at www.arl-iowa.org or you can get on our for love of animals facebook page and you can submit a question there and bernie's gonna get that question that's right you're gonna answer it or something <laughs> I'm good at forwarding things on to people. <laughs> but we will respond. So right. just say please hold for the next available operator. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so we got two questions submitted. We want to make sure we cover them. Um, Dan, one of them was, how do I get my dog to quit jumping up on me and everyone that comes over? Yes. He's 80 pounds and about knocks me over. And he's just happy to see people. Right. But she, I understand why she's concerned. Yeah, me too. Um, this is probably the number one question that uh, the behavior department, <laughs> the yeah. shelter probably gets asked. This is probably one of the easier ones to correct. Um, the best thing to do is to, when the dog is jumping, not to use your hand to push the dog down or push the dog away or even say anything to the dog, just turn your body. Because when you turn your body, the dog will naturally fall to the floor. Uh, we call that four on the floor. And just keep some treats in your hand, uh, not big treats, like pea-sized treats, uh, and just drop a couple treats on the ground uh, because that will signify that the dog is being rewarded by having all four feet on the ground and not being rewarded by either that negative association by pushing him away because you're touching him, right? Or saying something because the dog doesn't probably necessarily know what you're saying. Um, but you just, every single time the dog jumps, just turn your body. Um, and eventually the dog's going to be like, well, why jump when they're just going to turn away from me and not pay attention, right? Yep. If you don't have treats in your hand, uh, the best thing to do is to ignore. Um, we always say ignore what you don't want. Um, and reward what you do want. So that's what you're essentially doing is just ignoring that behavior by turning your body away. Um, but you just, you have to be consistent about it. When people come over, um, you just have to tell them, like, ignore my dog and just turn your body. Pretend like the dog doesn't exist. Even if he's happy, he or she is happy and jumping on you, just make eye contact with me, turn your body, just keep walking. 
Um, it's very hard because yes. people <laughs> want to pet your dog. Um, but to your point, it's really <clears throat> cute when they're puppies, but not when they're 80 pounds, right? Right. And they can very dangerous. easily knock someone over. Yeah, yeah. some An older person or uh, a child, and, and you don't want that. Uh, the other thing, which probably would take a little bit longer to uh, train, but also very important, is to um, train a spot. Uh, we call it go to the mat or mat. Um, but it doesn't have to be a mat. It could be the kennel. It could be uh, a rug in your house. Wherever you want them to go is essentially where you're going to train them to go. And that's helpful because if you know somebody's coming in, then you can say, go to your mat, go to your kennel, whatever. They'll listen to you when they're not even there when the person comes in so they can't be there to jump. It's also helpful if uh, the mailman is at the door and you know you know, your dog starts to go crazy. If you teach them go to your mat or go somewhere away, it just breaks their concentration and it doesn't allow them to, to freak out and bark or jump on the person when they come in the door. Yep. Yep. Great. But yeah, consistency is key. Yeah. And everybody has to be consistent with it. So just because you love it or your husband loves it, got to tell him to knock it off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just as easy to pet your dog while it's got four paws on the floor. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, I because I personally I love it when dogs jump up. Yeah, I get that it's not a desirable trait for people for this reason because they're eighty pounds and they can knock someone over. But what I tend to do is if the people are okay with it, whoever's dog it is, I'll ignore them when I first come in the house. I always do that. It's just like second nature for me. Um, but then you enter you uh, not introduce, but you um, solicit the play right. So maybe you get down on your knees and let the dog jump on you then because then he knows that it's an appropriate time, yeah. essentially. Yeah. Uh, but they'll figure it out. They tend to figure figure it out rather quickly, especially if everybody's consistent in turning their body away. Exactly. Because it's they're getting no reward, so I continue to do it. Right. The second question was, how do I train my dog to come when I call? He's a husky, <laughs> and he has fur for this cold weather, but I worry about his paws getting frozen or frostbite. And I laughed because it's I, a husky. It's a husky. I know. I, my Irish setter comes in a heartbeat, and I'm thinking, husky? Probably not. I know. And I don't email me or call me and tell me how great your husky is. <laughs> I know. I have a friend who has a husky. I love huskies. Yeah. But we love huskies. I would never have a husky. <laughs> but they're, they have minds of their own. They do. They yeah. are very determined. Yeah. Um, but you can absolutely train absolutely. an animal to do this. What you have to do is the reward that they're getting for coming to you has to be better than the reward they're getting for staying outside. So to this point, it's a Husky. He probably loves the cold weather. He loves to romp around in the snow. So that reward has to be better than that. So find uh, he's toy motivated with a ball or a tug toy or whatever the case may be, then put that up. Don't let him have to be able to play with it all the time, that's the toy to come into the house. But you have to give them the toy when they come in the house. Right. Um, and then you take it away from them after, you know, a couple of minutes. But um, the easiest way to train this is probably to do this inside. Um, put them on a leash, like a six-foot leash. Go into your living room and just say the dog's name. When the dog looks at you, then you're going to toss a treat to the dog. Um when you say the dog's name and the dog looks at you, give him the treat. And then eventually when the dog comes to you and you can uh, 
kind of get the dog to do that just by walking backwards a little bit so that he kind of follows you, he or she follows you, uh, you're going to reward that. And then eventually you can put a word with it. Um, so, you know, Fido come or Fido, you know, whatever you can make it the word purple if you wanted to, but as long as you're consistent with it and the dog knows what that word means, um, then he'll come. But you, the reward has to be better than what they're getting. Otherwise the dog's going to stay outside because he's having more fun. Right. So a lot of people, um, and this is a bigger dog. So I'll say this because it's, it's safer for bigger dogs, but that cheese in a can Man, some dogs go crazy for that. Well, you got to, you know, I always look at or behavior. whipped cream. Like you think about it in terms of like us. Mm-hmm. Like if somebody calls me and says, hey, do you want to go out and grab some carrots? Right. I'm going to say no. Right. If they're going to call me and say, do you want to go out for spaghetti at Opa? Right. I'm going to go. Right. Same thing with the dog. Yeah, right? exactly. I mean, and <laughs> I mean, just like when it's cold outside, right? Like right. we're like, no, I'm not going out. Right. But if... If I knew that there was some huge reward, a thousand dollar check right. just for going outside going. and getting, yeah, I'm gonna get in the car and go. Right, right? a dog is literally no different. Exactly. Um, so try the whipped cream. Love that in, a, in the you know the aerosol can or whatever it is. Uh, the canned cheese is crazy. Uh, Vienna sausages, they're disgusting, but tuna. dogs love them. My yeah. dogs will do anything. Tuna, for tuna, yeah, anything. Anything, you know, heavily protein based outside of the whipped cream. Right. But, um, you know, some dogs love it. And that's the high value reward that you need to get them to respond to what you want them to do. And part of it is you need to find out what that is for your dog. That's right. Because Jax would do anything for tuna. Remy will do anything for her stuffed squeaky toys. Right. I mean, so. And what, what's really interesting about this is. That may work one time, right. but it may not work the next time. Right. And it depends on what the dog is doing. Yeah. Right. If you have a dog and it loves romping around in the manure pile, because and that's more fun than getting canned cheese, well, then you need to find the reward that's going to get them out of the manure pile. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Literally. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so love your questions. Work with it. Thank on your dog. you so much for everyone who submits questions yeah. to us. We love it. We love hearing from you. We're happy to talk about whatever uh, is important to you. Questions, topics, whatever. Just be sure and reach out. Yes. Um, and Dan and I will be get will be addressing those. So yeah, we're yeah. happy to. We're all over it. And if we don't know the answer, like we always say, we'll we'll find the person that does. That's right. We don't know how many animals are in the world. We're going to burning. That's right. That's all there is to it. So <laughs> <laughs> That's the end of that. So anyway, we have wrapped another for love of animals podcast. Thank you for joining us. We look forward to yeah, next you, week. Thank you Bernie for being here. We appreciate it. And in a world where you can be anything, be kind. Everybody go forth and pot forward. See you next time.